Hi, everyone, and welcome to High Tea Hoops. I'm Skylar Smith, and you can catch me on the Bird app at the Duchess of Hoops. Hey, everyone, I'm Brian Boucher, and you can catch me across all social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, Skylar, at the Duke of Hoops. I'm working on it. We are so excited for our first series, the Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams. In this series, we're going to be running through the 22 NBA teams competing in Orlando to help you decide who to root for in the bubble. We'll keep the statistics and game analysis a little bit light while focusing more on the stuff that makes fans fans, whether the team is winning or not. I unfortunately didn't have a ton of choice in my fanship. I grew up in a Pistons household in Michigan. But Brian, you moved around a lot growing up. You lived in L.A. You could have been a Lakers fan. You you lived in Indiana. You could have been a Pacers fan. But you committed to the Nuggets when you were living in Denver and you stuck with them. When you were a kid, what about the Nuggets made you think this is going to be my team forever? Well, the reason I'm such a big NBA fan is because I have lived across the states in a lot of different cities. So I've got to see a lot of different teams play. But I moved to Denver when I was seven, a little bit of a nerdy kid. And I wore these kind of like really long white tube socks that were not cool. And there was a player on the Nuggets, Bobby Jackson, Action Jackson, who wore these really long white tube socks as well when he played. And he made me feel a lot cooler. Uh, And that sealed the deal, made me a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan. Yes, that's the stuff we want. Being a fan of a team is about so much more than championships and rings, and that's what we're hoping to fill in here. We'll be touching on team personalities, beefs, nicknames, Premier League team equivalents, and more. We'll be starting from the bottom of the rankings, so bear with us with the Washington Wizards and making our way up to the Bucks at number one. You can check back every day, though, for a new episode. Let's spill the tea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High Tea Hoops. I'm here with Brian. This is the Duchess. How's it going, Brian? It's going good, Skylar. I'm excited to uh, start to hit this stretch of really good teams. Yep. So we're talking Mavs today, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Brian, what is like your personal history with the Mavericks? Um, I don't have much of one. You know, as a Nuggets fan, they're not a rival. You know, on Wikipedia, it lists like six of their rivals. The Nuggets are not one of them. They've mm-hmm. never really gone at uh, us on the Nuggets side. They did, you know, I was, I don't know, when I was early teens, when I was just a young, young little baby Brian NBA fan, <laughs> I loved Nick Van Axel, loved Rafe LaFriends. That was like my Nuggets team and the Mavericks traded for them. So I was very sad that my whole squad got moved to the Mavs. But no, other than, you know, other than taking my best, my, my favorite player of all time um, <laughs> on the Nuggets, Nick Van Axel. No, that, it's Carmelo. Carmelo and Nick Van Axel, it's, it's a tough duo for me. But those are my two. Nick was my guy early <laughs> on, Nick the Quick. Uh, and uh, the Mavs took him. So nothing much more than uh, just ultimate betrayal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so let's just get started in, like, the team in the city. So they're one of three NBA teams in Texas with the Spurs and the Rockets. Um, I think a lot of people think that Dallas is the biggest city in Texas. I feel like I always like mix up these cities. Like Dallas is the third largest team in Texas. Houston is the largest Mm -hmm. with the Rockets and then San Antonio with the Spurs and then Dallas with the Mavericks. Um, So the city of Dallas also has the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, uh, the Texas Rangers in the MLB, the Dallas Stars in the NHL, FC Dallas in MLS, and the Dallas Wings, which is a WNBA team. So, a lot big, of teams. Yeah. Very different sports. than Very different than Portland, Memphis, New Orleans, yep. a lot of the other teams that we've covered recently. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and I would say that Dallas is probably the most Texas city yeah. out of the cities that have a NBA team. Would you agree, Brian? Yeah, Dallas is very Texas. Houston is very diverse. San Antonio, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like Texas. It's kind of hilly and there's a lot, you know, it's like the woods. Um, also very diverse. I mean, all of Texas is pretty diverse, but Dallas is just like cowboy central. Yeah, like big hair, big belt buckles, yep. the boots. It's because Dallas, the, the TV show. It's everything. Yeah, so it's, it's from media too. I don't too. know if that's why. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so unlike a lot of the other teams we've talked about recently who have like newer owners, newer coaches that we don't have as much of a history with, the owner management and coach of this Dallas team are people we're very uh, used to that we know very well. Yep. Um, so owner Mark Cuban, Brian, before we even get started, do you have any Mark Cuban takes? Uh, you know, he's one of the billionaire tech guys that has come into the NBA. You know, we talked about the Grizzlies yesterday doing that. Uh, I, as an entrepreneur, uh, watched Shark Tank when I was in college and got introduced to him there. So yeah, his, his media exposure there, but Mark Cuban is always kind of the, I don't know, the petulant child of the NBA owners that always gets fined and always gets upset, uh, but has pulled off some incredible things in his time there and has become recently a bigger voice in politics and social justice and, you know, the work. So, uh, he's, you're right. He's kind of the newer billionaire tech type owner, but he's been around for a really long time. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with like, he came in and he was just brash and like, he just gets fined all the time. Um, so up until now he has been fined $1.665 million for his antics. Which for him is not much. It's not much at all. He's worth 4.3 billion. Like he's fine. But that is an insane amount of money. And also he, it's actually double because for every fine he gets, he actually donates that amount to charity too. So it's actually double that. Yeah, he doesn't care. Um, I mean, it's wild though. I think some of it is fun. Like Mm -hmm. at one point in 2002, he like criticized, like, I don't know, someone in the NBA uh, and said that they wouldn't be able to manage a Dairy Queen. And Dairy Mm -hmm. Queen took that very personally and asked Cuban to come manage a Dairy Queen for the day in Texas. And so he did. Mm -hmm. And Mavericks fans lined up around the street to get a blizzard from uh, Mavericks owner. Great PR move. He is really good at PR. He He is good at PR. Yep. So that's a fun one. Some of them are not so fun. Some of this is not cool. So in 2009, uh, I think they were losing to the Nuggets. It was in the, they were in the playoffs. Um, and he called the Nuggets a bunch of thugs. And Felt as like he that. passed one of the players, he passed one of the players' moms on the sideline as he was leaving and said, yeah, that includes your son. Which, wow. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Not great. Um, yeah. He, he talks about running for president a lot. He said that um, he would have run this year had his family been supportive, but his family like very much does not want him to be president. But he commissioned a poll just to see how he would do in an election in 2020 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it came back that he would get 25% of the vote, wow. which is actually higher than I was expecting. Yeah. he's very. I mean, he's been visible in the media for a really long time, and he's been successful. So people gravitate yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our coach, Rick, Ky- Rick Carlisle. I can talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Rick Carlisle, he's one of only 11 people to win an NBA championship as both a player and as a coach. So he wow. played alongside, uh, he, when he was a player, he played alongside Bird in Boston and Patrick Ewing in New York. So he's played with, you know, some of the best. Yep. Um, and then he was an assistant coach under Chuck Daly, my guy Chuck Daly in New Jersey mm -hmm. for the Nets, and then under Larry Bird in Indiana. Um, and then when Larry Bird left his head coaching position, he encouraged them to hire Rick Carlisle as his replacement, uh, but they chose Isaiah Thomas instead. Not a great choice there. Not a great choice there. Although Larry Bird came back like two years later and immediately fired Isaiah. So, <laughs> um, so then he was the head coach for uh, Detroit, my Pistons, but he was only there for two years before being replaced with Larry Brown, who eventually led us to that championship in 04. So mm -hmm. not a bad move. Uh, 2003, he goes back to the Pacers. Like I just mentioned, uh, Larry Bird comes back as the president, immediately fires Isaiah and hires Rick Carlisle. Um, and then in 08, he signs with Dallas, and he's been with them ever since. Yep. Um, and he, Rick Carlisle led them to their championship, their one championship. Yep. I, you know, I love whenever a team can get the owner-coach management alignment, like the Spurs, where they keep the same yeah. crew in for a really long time. They put the trust in. They know that it's a longer-term deal. Uh, you seem to get a lot of success from that. And that's what's, hap that's what's happened with Rick Carlisle. He is an incredible coach. They've trusted him for a long yep. time now, and he continues to execute, and they're aligned. And, you know, Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA, and it's pretty amazing what he can turn lineups into. Yeah, totally. It's looking a little old lately, though. Yeah. I mean, so Anyways, love Rick Carlisle. So is Pop. Um, GM, Donnie Nelson. Mm -hmm. um, so Del Nelson has earned the reputation as, like, one of the best international scouts in the game. Yep. Um, he brought in Steve Nash from Canada, Dirk from Germany, uh, Porzingis from Latvia, Luca from Slovenia. He advocated that they draft uh, Giannis out of Greece, but Mark Cuban didn't go for that. Oof, um, it's, it's pretty. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. They got Luca though. They're gonna be okay. Yep. Yep. Great move to get Luca. And I, you know, yeah. let's let's see if he gets some uh, British basketball players in the future. Yeah. Get that, get Maybe that this is. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so let's go into the history a little bit. This is, we're just getting into some dense histories here, yes. guys. We're they, just, have, they have a long one. We can try to yeah. hit the top level stuff a little more, though, because they have like 15 different eras. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it moving. Um, so in 1980, it was announced that there was going to be expansion teams in the NBA in Dallas and Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. um, but the Minneapolis team ended up getting delayed until 1989 when the Timberwolves started. Mm -hmm. So it was only the Dallas team um, and their expansion fee was $12.5 million, which seems God. insane. It's so I'd, low. I'd love to start an NBA team for 12.5 million right now. That's just Same. the expansion fee, but still. Yeah. Um, the, na the name was picked because of a TV Western show called Maverick so uh, that funny. ran from 1957 to 1962. Um, it beat the names Wranglers and Express, which Express is, that's a bad name. Wranglers would have been cool. Wranglers is cool. I just, like the Swamp Dragons, the Pelicans, it's just kind of yeah. ridiculous where these names come from. Uh, the yeah. fan votes are very funny. Mavericks are good though. Dallas, yeah. it, it fits. Well, and the guy who played, I think he played Maverick on the show, his name was James Garner. He was part of that original ownership group, so... It all, it all works. Makes sense. 
Um, in 81, they select Mark Aguirre with their first pick, and Mark Aguirre kind of comes to be the face of the team for the next 10-ish years. Yep. Um, it is wild, like, these teams that started so long ago, they a lot of them were, like, serious contenders within the first couple years, which is yeah. kind of wild. It's hard to imagine at this point. They Yeah, they came out, you know, with the Magic within five years or in the finals or something um, that we covered yeah. a couple of days ago. Uh, they have drafted what, you know, they draft these people. They, they drafted Mark Aguirre uh, yeah, and yep. they get that early talent and they do well. There are also less teams yeah. back then. Not as yep. much, you know, not as much talent. Yep. So 83, 84, they make their, uh, they have their first winning record. They make their first playoffs. Uh, they actually go on and beat the Supersonics uh, in their first series in the playoffs, but then end up falling to Magic's Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the throughout the 80s they're you know they're decent they're not making the playoffs all the time but they're putting together pretty pretty decent records um and around the same time like in 1989-ish the cowboys are huge in dallas but the cowboys are kind of going through a downturn which uh kind of led to the mavericks becoming super popular within like 10 years of getting started yeah the cowboys are what the the highest valued sports franchise in the world yeah so and they're they're still they're not good right now, uh, so yeah, yeah to, to for the Mavs to take over any popularity from the Cowboys uh, is a huge achievement. Yeah, so 1985 uh, with those international players, they draft German-born Detlef Schrempf. Detlef, I love Detlef. Detlef. So uh, I know Detlef um, from Seattle. You know he still he still lives in Seattle. Uh, I've met him in a few uh, few happy hours. Great guy, still does a ton of community work. Um, couldn't ask for a better person for the community or for your team, but didn't really hit his stride until the the Pacers and, and Supersonics era. Yeah. So uh, if they would have stuck, he with wasn't him a great on the Mavs. No, if they would have stuck with him a little bit longer, um, you know that would have been pretty fun to see. But you know we got him on the yeah. Sonics, we got him on the Pacers. So Detlef had his time. We got him on Parks and Rec. Got what him on, more oh. can we ask for? Um. So yeah, 80s. They do okay. They draft good players. They're doing all right. Um, 1990 would be their last winning season until 2001, though. They just yeah. kind of go through some some tough years. They've got some, like, off-the-court issues. There's players getting in trouble for, you know, drunk driving and a lot of different things. They bring in um, Quinn Buckner as coach. It doesn't go down well because he basically tries to be Bobby Knight, which his team didn't <laughs> love, uh, understandably. Nope. Um, and then 94, they draft Jason Kidd. Yeah. We just did the uh, Nets. We just talked about Jason Kidd a couple days ago, yeah. Started with the Mavs. So he kind of brings a new life to this team. Um, and they they start to they start to improve. So um, they jump to 36 and 46. Uh, you know, they're kind of they're starting to figure it out. 96, it gets weird. So Ross Perot, uh, who ran for US president twice, yeah. his son buys the team in 1996 mm -hmm. uh very random he only has them for like four years before he sells them to mark cuban a lot of presidential connections with the mavs ownership group yeah super weird um 89 or sorry 98 99 they acquired dirk and steve nash Boom. and this kind of starts off like the the, the modern era. big three era for for dallas love this team. they start seriously winning and start seriously contending 
Um, and then 2000, Ross Perot's group sells the team to Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban, like, immediately starts trying to, like, ramp this team up into being a serious contending team. Yep. Um, it was controversial right off the bat because he was trying to sign Dennis Rodman and he let Dennis Rodman like live in his house for a while. Um, He made all these kind of weird calls right off the bat, but that actually made fans in Dallas love him because he still does weird shit like that. Remember Deandre Jordan, that whole saga with Mark Cuban. Yeah. He gets very close to the players and sometimes does some weird stuff. Super weird. Um, At the time, their coach is Avery Johnson. He's doing great. He wins NBA coach of the year honors. Yeah. Doing great. Um, They finally make it to their first finals against the Miami Heat. So they've kind of been in the playoffs a lot, and they just are never able to make it past, like, the first or second round. They're they're struggling every year. They look good every year. They make it to the playoffs. They lose the first round. They finally make it to the finals against the Miami Heat. So, Skylar, I'll throw this to you. Uh, you know, you were old enough in 2006 uh, to remember this. <laughs> finally, finals. finally, we're getting finally, to Finally, we have actual memories from, from Skylar, the Duchess of Hoops. Uh, did you like Miami at this time? Did you like the Mavs? Because this is one of my favorite finals of the 2000s. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Miami at the time. I'm a big fan of Dwayne Wade. I always yeah, have been. Too. Um, and I just remembered Dallas like acting like such children when they were leave when they were losing that I just like couldn't stand them this series. Yeah. I was totally rooting for Miami this Me series. Me too. I I loved young Dwayne Wade. I remember playing yep. fantasy basketball in high school, and uh, one guy's like, "I'm drafting Dwayne Wade," and he was he was really young. And I'm like, "Who is Dwayne Wade?" And then I he just tore through the NBA early in his career. And then we had yeah. fat old Shaq, or not really, you know, out of shape, big Shaq. He looked huge yeah. compared to his magic days. But, uh, <laughs> and then we had Alonzo Mourning. Um, yeah. I was always a huge Alonzo Mourning fan growing up. I, I loved the Heat, and they finally got him a, uh, got him a championship. Yeah. This was a wild series, too, because the Mavs took a 2-0 to zero lead and then ended up going on to lose. Like, they were only the third team to ever do that. Um, So that's kind of where those antics ended up coming out. So like Dirk ended up like kicking a ball into the stands in game five. He was fined $5,000 for that. Mark Cuban did a bunch of stuff. He got fined a quarter of a million dollars just during the series. Um, Dirk actually, (laughs) Dirk was caught attacking a bicycle in the hallway outside of the Mavericks locker room. Yeah. He was caught on camera. It's wild. Um, so yeah, this was uh, not a great finals series for this Mavs team. Do you want to know a fun fact about this series, though? Yeah. This is Gary Payton's only championship. Old Gary Payton oh. was on the Heat, and he got a championship. Skylar and I like the Supersonics, but they don't exist. So yeah. we have our Pistons and Nuggets teams. But Gary Payton got it, and he played like a little role. He hit some big shots, but Gary Payton got his title. Finally got it. Shout out Gary Payton. Yeah, sorry, Mavs. We were we were total heat here, which flips in 2011, yep. I think, for both of us. Yep. So uh, the next year, the Mavericks just go on a tear. So they start out 0-4, but then they went 52-5 and over the next 57 games, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dirk ends up becoming the league MVP that year. Yeah, I forgot about this. But yep. he's going to be one of the top players of all time. MVP. Yeah. Uh, a title, been to the finals multiple times. 
Um, yeah. Dirk, Dirk's legit. Yep. So they go into the playoffs that year. They're seated number one. Uh, and they lose in the first round in six games to eighth-seeded Golden State. And it was – at the time, it was considered, like, one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. Like, I, didn't, I don't really think it was an upset. But it actually got really awkward because the, like, league MVP is uh, presented between the first and second series of the playoffs. And so – Dirk and the Mavs had already been eliminated. They weren't really in much. I don't think Dirk was in much mood to be going and accepting this award. So it actually, they ended up delaying it uh, so that two weeks had passed uh, since the Mavs were eliminated before it got presented. But it's it's like those little things that you never think about that I think are so funny with these. Yeah. 2011, we get to the finals again versus Miami again. Let's go. Many, many, many people expected them to lose uh, because of that. Miami, we're into Miami big three at this point with First year. LeBron, Bosch, and, and Dwayne Wade. Yep. First year of the big um, three. They, Dirk, uh, Jason Kidd, and Jason Terry had huge performances, though, and, and they win against yeah, they, all the odds. They also beat Kobe. They beat a young Thunder team. They just plowed yeah. through legends to get to this finals and – yeah. Take on the not one, not two, not three, not four Miami Heat. Yeah. Uh, which was so great. And remember ESPN, like they created a specific header title for just the Heat. Like they had like NBA, NFL, Heat, and they had their own section. That's how popular they were. So everyone turned against them. And just Dirk on his fadeaway one footed jumpers just took him yeah. down. It was amazing. Were you rooting for the Mavs in this yes, series? I was. Yeah, I was. Same. Yeah, I wasn't a huge. I love. I really liked LeBron, but I didn't like that whole year and how it went. Just like you know, they, the, the we're gonna win eight titles, gross. and yeah. it was just like, all right, let, and let's get Dirk one. You know, Dirk, Dirk deserves yeah. it. Yeah, Dirk ends up becoming so emotional that he leaves the floor and goes back to the locker room before the game had even ended, uh, and people had to like beg him to come back out for the trophy presentation and he won NBA finals MVP. So he had yep. to come back out and get that. All right, let's get to Luca. Woo. Uh, in 2018, they trade for Luca Doncic, uh, who yep. was drafted third by the Hawks. Um, head coach Rick Carlisle had described Luca as the guy that they wanted to like basically build their franchise around moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they don't have a great season. They go 33 and 49. It's a really young Luca, but he he won rookie of the year. Um, yeah, and then good. we see the end of Dirk. So Dirk announces his retirement at the end of that season. So one I legend he, in, I one think legend he stayed, out. I think he stayed just for that transition period for Luca, just yeah. to just to kind of be the mentor there, which I love. You know, Tim Duncan does that. That comes back comes back as yeah. the coach. Love seeing that. But also that first year, I think they had Dennis Smith Jr. who was also like the electric scorer and that's a yeah. hard balance they hadn't really figured out they hadn't really put uh luca as the guy yet so they made that move pretty quickly yeah it seems like dirk was just like the perfect mentor for luca too coming into the league yep and i can't believe they got what 1998 dirk came in is that so he was there for 20 years 21 years and then they just get handed luca so it's just decades yeah. of excellence, decades of these foundational yeah, it's players. insane. Mavs are lucky. Okay, so let's get into the uh, the roster a bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
really relevant players on this team. Yeah. Who kind of stands out to you besides Luca, Brian? Uh, JJ Barea. Can't believe he's still in it. He's 36. He's, yeah. list, he's listed at 5'10". He's definitely not 5'10". He's putting up over seven no. points a game. I can't believe it. Uh, Did you but, see the pictures that came out of him when he went to the yes, bubble? With the headband? Oh, with the JJ bandana Barea. On? Yeah. So funny. No, I mean, they have Luca and Kristaps Porzingis, so love those two. I think they're going to be a really good uh, duo off the pick and roll uh, in, the, in the playoffs. But, you know, they also have Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry, um, who mm-hmm. – you know, Tim Hardaway is coming off the great year with the Knicks, and he's been producing really well here. And then Seth Curry, you know, once thought of the, the little brother of Steph not going to make it in the league, and now he is producing really good minutes, and he has a better three-point percentage than Steph, which is pretty amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that either. No. Um, I also love – I love Tim Hardaway Jr. He – once Michigan again, here guy. I am. He's a Michigan guy. Got a point um, out. Yep. He, but he was one of my favorite players to watch at Michigan. So I just love any team where he can kind of thrive. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love his dad played for the Mavericks. And so I yeah. love those little connections. Um, all right, let's talk about Bobby. Boban. So Bobby and Toby, Tobias Harris and Boban were best friends on the Most Clippers. Most iconic duo. Yeah, they got traded though. They're not on the same team anymore. But Boban, I really want Boban to to have a bigger role. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch enough Boban game tape. I just watch him on social media. But I mm-hmm. feel like he needs to be contributing more at like seven six. So hopefully he'll have an impact yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, poor Zingas is on this team, mm-hmm. which is I remember that trade. I was kind of shocked by when it happened uh, early two thousand nineteen. Um, do you have any poor Zingas takes? Uh, I don't have any right now. I'm just kind of waiting. One cool thing about this Mavericks team was they were the first team to have a black woman as their CEO, which is great. Uh, However, she was hired to be a response to a really bad culture of sexual assault and domestic violence within the Mavericks uh, that she was kind of brought in to address those issues. Um, I had, I don't know. It's, there's some wild stuff happening. I mean, there's issues with this, you know, across sports. Like we just saw the Washington NFL team report come out today, but Uh um, they had a, they had a full investigation about, what was going on in the Mavericks because it, it was bad. Um, at one point, Mark Cuban was accused of sexual assault. I think it ended up coming out that it, it didn't actually happen. Um, but they did a full investigation and found that there were numerous instances of sexual harassment and other improper workplace conduct within this organization. Um, so it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, um, not a great. Mark time. Cuban ended up donating ten million dollars uh, to organizations that are kind of dedicated to this stuff. Yeah, so good to be aware of if you're looking at them as a fan base. Um, but yeah. they also, you know, they acted quickly to resolve this and to try to correct it. So, you know, yeah. not a great not a great history for them, but at least they they tried something. Yeah. Okay, so we're finally getting to teams who have some real some real chances here, Brian. The Mavericks yep. have a greater than 99% chance of making the playoffs. It's basically a lock. Yep. Um, but it still says that they have a less than 1% chance of winning the finals. I kind of think that Dallas is a sleeper in the bubble. What do you yeah. think? 
I think they could be. I mean, we, we've talked about how some of the younger teams might fare better with this break and, you know, the young legs yeah. coming back faster. So they have a young team, Tim Hardaway, uh, Doncic, Chris Stops, if he can stay healthy, Seth Curry. So, uh, you know, they have the poise to do it. You know, Doncic is young, but he won EuroLeague. Uh, yeah. So he's played with men. He's gone at the, kind of the top level of competition when he was so young. So he seems yeah. like he could have the poise to actually help carry them where you worry for yep. maybe some of the more, you know, immature players that it might be harder for them to carry it. But, yeah. you know, it's, you know, all of them are going to have like less than a 1% chance to win the finals because the Lakers and Clippers and Bucks are so good. Yeah. But I think they have yep. a chance to make it really deep. Yeah. Same. You know, all the stuff we've seen coming out of the bubble, like we're seeing them kind of like, I love seeing the players get to like hang out and see like what their kind of dynamic is off the court. Um, Dallas has been the team that I've seen that I feel like, they seem to be like the most well bonded. Like they seem to be really yeah. enjoying like their time that they're hanging out together. You know, we're seeing all this like Luca Bobby stuff. Yep. They, they just seem culture. to really like each other. Yep. And that's a big deal. Yeah. There's a lot of totally. stress in the bubble. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to make it work. And when you have a team that you trust and you like those, that makes the stress a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. So Brian, what do you think are the takeaways? Why should, people why should people root for Dallas yeah I mean if you're looking at being a fan of this team uh, they have been an institution for the last 15 years with Dirk mm -hmm. as kind of the center having Carlisle come in as a great coach you've got a, a you know very charismatic owner and Mark Cuban um, they've had some issues but at least they rectify it pretty quickly and you know they have a young core now with Doncic who is one of my favorite yeah. young players in the league where they're going to go deep in this playoffs are definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, and they have a long history in front of them. Long, long future, long history. They have a lot, they have a, they have a, a lot of future in front of them that is going to be really successful because of Luca. So yeah. good, good short-term investment and good long-term investment. And yep. you know, if you love Cowboys and love Texas, <laughs> go for them. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they've got a, they've got a really solid core in like their owner, their management and their GM, which I think is, it's such a big indicator. I think of like long-term success. Um, I could see that this, I could see this team being a big appeal for like European fans, Justin, they've traditionally had a ton of the best European players. They've got a ton yeah. of them right now with Luca and uh, Bobby and Porzingis and, you know, I could see that being a big draw. Mm -hmm. um, the one downside with Dallas is you'd have to wear those jerseys, and they're not great. Oh, they're ugly. They look like they're the monsters. So yeah, I was just on the bird app today slandering them. They're so yeah. bad. They need to do a rebrand. Mark Cuban, if you're listening to the High T Hoops podcast, please go through a rebrand. They went but a yeah. little modern, a little too modern, a little too cartoony. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is going to be a good team for a long time under Luca. Um, he seems to love it. He seems to want to stay. So if you're looking for a team that's going to be good in the bubble and good long term, Dallas is a good okay. option. All right, Brian, who do we have tomorrow? The Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers. So excited. People are going to get so mad at me when I come on and slander Ben Simmons tomorrow. Yes, they are. Can't wait. All right. Can't wait. See you, Scott. Bye. Bye.